Welcome everybody to the One to Go Show. It is Puka back in the saddle. Happy to be joined <laughs> by Bert Lehman and Ryan Aho. Once again, we are brought to you by Weir's Machine, Weir'sMachine.com. We've talked about them in the past. Check them out. Chad and the gang, uh, tell them that the One to Go Show sent you. And uh, we have a very special episode tonight, episode 52. For those of you who have been following, so this is our, of course, one-year anniversary. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of exciting. So I wanted to jump back in here with the fellas, missed them, and uh, uh, it, this is great. So uh, I guess we'll start out with you guys. Ryan, you want maybe you want to start, I guess, you know, the one-year. I, mean, I, got, I got a face for radio here, you know. So, like, I'm really good on the podcast side of things. So we had to get Puka back in. He's kind of the movie star of the bunch. Had to get him back in for the – the one-year anniversary, week number 52, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I remember when I was up helping the Grand Rapids Speedway, I was at the gym, which I need to go to a lot more, but I was there, and all of a sudden, Puka walks in. He's like, hey, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, holy cow. So we start talking racing, and he's like, hey, we should do a podcast. I'm like, dude, I've never listened to a podcast ever in my That's entire right. life, ever, right. ever. And he's like, oh, come on. Everybody listens to the podcast. So – He's like, we should start one. Let's do a racing one. I'm like, well, hell, I could talk racing an hour a week or eight hours a day or, you know, whatever, every day. If nobody listened to this deal, I could listen. I, I could do it. So let's go ahead and do it. Started out with the podcast deal and Puka found out, right, that not many people listen to podcasts, right? So then we uh, transitioned over to Facebook and, uh, boy, we got a lot more people watching us. So, you know, I kind of got to – maybe I need to kind of work out and get a little bit more buff here so I'm a little bit better to look at. But it's been a hell of a lot of fun, guys. I agree. Bert, what are your thoughts? One year in. Well, I mean, it's hard to believe that it's been one year. Uh, for some reason in my mind, it, it seemed like we started more at the end of November, early December. I didn't realize it was at the end of uh, October. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'd see you at the USA Nationals every year, and you'd always interview me uh, – and then you'd play my interview on, on one of your websites. Uh, but you, you never mentioned doing, doing a racing show with, with me. So I was honored to, uh, that you asked me to be part of this. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, each week we look at the agenda and say we, could, we should be able to pound this out in about 45 minutes. And about <laughs> an hour and a half later, <laughs> we're done with the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we, I got like, Yeah, we got in trouble for that, you know. I mean, we got so yeah. Actually, Puka gets in trouble because his better half was like, "Hey, you got this amount of time. Oh, don't worry, it's gonna be good." He's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it'll be good. We're good." And, uh, yeah, so fair enough. So I I got thank you guys though too. Yeah, because it was something I just kind of dreamt up probably September of last year. And like I said, I listen to a lot of. I'm an avid. You know, I probably listen to three, four podcasts a day, but I'm on the road a lot, so. Uh, you know, and, I, and then, of course, you start thinking, well, who could we have? And, I mean, I thought of a lot of people. And then, like I said, that night when I saw you, Ryan, it was just like a light went off. And then, and I can't remember which of the two I thought of first, but same thing with Bert. It was just like the light went off one day. And he just, you know, you could just feel it was right. It was like you thought of all these people and you him and hot, and then it was like, ah. Ah, you have those aha moments, and you two were both the aha moments. So, yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> no, it's aho, not aha. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, here we are a year later, and thanks. Yeah, it's been, like, like Bert said, it's been a lot of fun and uh, learned a lot. And, 
you know, we're just going to keep grinding and, and uh, hopefully, well, I guess, I guess one thing if, if, you know, viewers and, and listeners, if you want to comment, I mean, listeners, you can, you know, you probably want to jump on Facebook and DM us or, or, or find our emails or something, but, you know, just kind of, you know, what you want to hear more of or what you like, you know, if we knew some of that, we could obviously do more, or maybe there's something that we're not doing that you'd like to see us do more of or hear more of. Uh, maybe, you know, like I said, or just get a hold of us, you know, us personally and let us know, um, or it's the one to go show at gmail.com, the one to go show at gmail.com, all spelled out words. Uh, you can email us there and just kind of let us know what your thoughts are. Like I said, what do you want to see more of or what we're not doing and, and you'd like to see us do? And uh, we can always make improvements. And hopefully, 52 weeks from now, we'll, we'll still be here, Ryan. You know, if I didn't travel as much, it'd probably be an improvement right there, right? Because I'm, I'm out in South Dakota right now and a truck stop. So hopefully, the internet's good. And you can see I got a, a beautiful background here, right? And uh, Bert's the only one that's got like the cool background. You got yeah. the dirt track supply going on <laughs> behind you. But uh, one of these days, I'm going to actually be home and actually have a neat background and, and all of that. But but uh, that's the one difference between being on Facebook, you know, on video versus a podcast. In the podcast, I can just sit in the car and do it anywhere I was. I learned some things there. If you listen to the early shows, I had it on speaker. I had it on speakerphone, and, like, stuff wasn't working right. We had technology issues, and I think we've had less technology issues since we switched over to the, to the format we have now. So that's a plus. But we also are able to put in a few videos thanks to the guys that – specifically uh dirt race central you know we've been able to use a ton of their feed and a lot of their highlights and stuff over the course of the year and i think it's kind of an added component that we can do but it uh it sure it adds to the show plus all you listeners and viewers you don't have to look at my, my ugly mug the whole time you can see that video that's a whole lot more appealing i promise than, than looking at me so but it's been a blast you know i guess bert let's start with you do you got a favorite moment or a favorite show or topic or I mean what stuck out to you over uh, the 52 weeks that we've done this well first I want to say I you know we talk a lot about uh, my background and I uh, some listeners and people who watch the show that they'll comment to me when I see them at the races about the my background but uh, I do want to say that over the last week I did find out that uh, Ryan has his own little collection of uh, die casts. <laughs> I do, I do. I, I have a few of my own, and then I have, I know I have a Bloomquist one. I don't even remember what all I had there. Rick Eckert one, and uh, yeah, I got, I got a couple of them there. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, one of the things that's memorable for me is, I mean, I didn't know Ryan at all before we started doing this show. I mean, I remember reading about you when you were racing, and you know, you running for Wissota national championships, but I had never spoken to you before or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's been uh, fun getting to know you and uh, getting to know Puka better than just meeting him one, once, one time a year at the USA Nationals. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to spill uh, beer all over your wife on the video. You can only do that at the race. That's track. right. That's right. Much and, uh, but, uh, you know, one of my favorite things is, uh, I think I like Ryan's rants a lot. <laughs> hey, can you tell can you tell my better half that? Can you tell my old pit crew that? I tend to do that a lot, but now I try to control them a little bit more than I used to back in the day. I can tell you that. How about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts? You got a favorite moment? 
you know, I, I think my favorite moment, some of the interviews that we did, you know, I mean, we started all, I mean, we had Kenny Wallace and I think one of my favorite one is when we had Buzzy on here. I mean, and, and we're going to get him back on here for sure. Cause he's got such a great career and he's a hell of a lot of fun to talk to, you know, but just getting some of the drivers on here and being able to interview some of them. And that's been pretty, that's been pretty fun for me. And I think just the overall experience, you know, and, and really, Amy, I, I haven't watched this much racing online. Like, if you had all yep. the years of me watching racing online together, I did more this year than I did all the other years. And uh, it, it was pretty neat to kind of stay informed and kind of, you know, look at things from a different perspective. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the, the next 52 weeks. Yeah, I oh, agree. I, I was, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to add, uh, one of the memorable things was uh, at the USA Nationals doing the pre- and post- uh, uh, race shows that we did, Puka and I, I, I that was fun to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you still have the kind of the adrenaline from the race and the emotion and everything's fresh. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, I, one of my most memorable, like I said, I'm just happy, we, you know, the thing came to reality, got kicked off. But uh, I can't remember, Bert, if you were on yet, but Ryan, do you remember all the trouble we had with Jimmy Myers' tech, tech, technology <laughs> yes. problem that night? I mean, were you on, Bert? I couldn't remember. I mean, oh, yeah. my gosh, we had a half hour, you know, or at least, you know. That yeah, was... they, they build MB Customs race cars, one of the best race cars on the market. He won, wins all these races if you can't figure out how to get him on a meeting. Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, it was just like we were trying, <laughs> calling and back and is this, and then finally, hey, there it is. Like, hey, it's working. But You know, I mean, one yeah, thing, like, that, that thing that's exciting, I think, for me, is over the this whole year's been messed up with COVID, right? You know, and in the first three months, I was basically like hiding underneath my bed, like I didn't leave the house, and it gave me something to look forward to every single week, you know, and it kind of gave me some purpose and something to do. So it kind of it helped fill that void, right? When there was not a lot of stuff going on, so that was it was nice to have that as well. Yeah, I think we we're kind of lucky we started six months before COVID. Who knows if we would ever got it off the you know, I, you know, just who knows, you know, with the way everything was, you know, six months ago, it was just so crazy. But um, yeah. So anyway, one year in and, and uh, like I said uh, to all the fans and listeners were, you know, we plan on keeping going. So like I said, uh, if you have any suggestions, how to make show better, just uh, let us know. Yeah. We got a few ideas in the, in the books here too. So stay tuned on Facebook because we're going to, we were, we're talking about, and I'll just go ahead and say it. You know, you look at some of the sports shows out there, they have a long show, so people can watch the whole show. But a lot of those shows, they break apart segments of it, right? And they'll post it individually where it's like a 10-minute seg uh, segment talking about this or five minutes talking about this or seven minutes talking about this or whatever it is. So that way we can break it down. And if somebody wants to, hey, we're talking about the Cedar Lake Speedway, this event here, people can listen to that part or if we're talking about a mod some drama that happened they can listen to that part so that way people can listen to it more in segments and that's something we're working on the logistics of that but that's going to happen at some point here for sure yeah like like crate late models ryan's favorite he wants he knows they're <laughs> gonna get the most views so he wants to see it himself so he wants that 10 minute segment just for crate late models right Bert? you're cutting out really bad yep. like we literally can't hear a word you're saying um <laughs> I think I'm going to have to find that beep, mute that button, right? But you know what's sad? We'll talk about that in a minute. There was a pretty good crate show this weekend, but we'll get into that. But uh, what do you think? Should we get into uh, Should we get into yeah. the show? Should we talk Let's about and roll. You know, a weekend review and no local racing? You know, it just it, the season has come to an end 
locally. There's not that. But, you know, Keith, Keith likes when I do this. We'll start out with sprint cars. And uh, they didn't disappoint. You know, there was only one World of Outlaws sprint car show this weekend over at Kokomo. Did either one of you get to watch that? I watched. I did not. Yeah, and, and you know, hot and child. You know, I watched that race back in, seems like it was August, you know, at I-36 in Missouri when he won. And since that time, boy, has he been hot, looking more and more like his dad. Uh, good to see another young guy coming up, you know, can kind of, You'll carry the sport, but yeah, Kokomo is a great place. It's sad to, that the late models didn't get their shot at it, but uh, yeah, uh, great night of racing. What were your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that at one point, the top four in points were the top four in the feature, right? So the cream rising to the top at the end, but you know, Keith actually mentioned, holy cow, was Hottenchild putting on a show in the dash. I'm like, dude, it's a dash. Seriously, who cares? It's a dash. Well, I watched it, and yeah, he, he wasn't lying. It was it was good, and uh, I kind of smacked him around. And my buddy Jeff was like, "Oh yeah, he must be back in he must be back in Minnesota. He's got the Minnesota negative attitude." And uh, I must have been in the middle of something. I'm like, "He's a dash. I don't even care. I, I want to watch a feature." But uh, they they had some highlights on there. I actually went back on Dirt Vision and watched the dash, and and he, he threaded the needle there. I mean, he was impressive, and then it just carried over into the feature. He was very good there. Great race between him and Donnie Shots. Shots had stuck. He's stuck at 299. He's looking for a win number yeah. 300. The question is, you know, a couple weeks from now, we got they got the last call. They're calling it down at Charlotte. Could he get number 300 before the season ends in the in his world of outline? I think there's only two other drivers. Isn't it Kinzer and Swindell? That, so, that's what they said. I'm assuming they didn't say the names. They said there's only two other drivers. That's what I'm assuming it's got to be, right? I mean, yeah. No, as far as the point night goes, right, you know, uh, at one point towards the end of the race, Sweet was running in the third spot, you know, looking really good. I mean, Shots was in second. He was third. Schuhart was fourth. Engine troubles with five to go. And he idled around smoking like a mosquito. You know, he's trying to kill mosquitoes out there. And he fell back to 11th, which salvaged the night for him because he didn't fall back to like 18th, 19th, 20th. So going into them final two shows, he leads right now. Schuhart's second, 46 points back, and uh, Shots is 64 points back. So by him staying out there, he kind of salvaged that lead. But then it was a really good race between him and Shots. You know, they they swapped the lead and lap traffic there a little bit, and then at the end of the race, he just drove away. But uh, great racing. I, I'm very impressed with the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars in 2020. I've watched them more this year than I've watched them probably ever. And uh, it, it did not disappoint. I mean, I can't think of a night where I said, man, I, I can't get that night back. They had some really good racing this year. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. The, like I said, track was great. You know, you run on the top, run on the bottom. They'd get, you know, it's a smaller track. They get into lap traffic pretty fast, which makes things exciting. Uh, yeah, shots hanging in there. Now, how many races are they racing in Charlotte? Is it Thursday, Friday, or just two nights? Okay. It's, it's, they're running. They're running. Isn't it Wednesday, Thursday, late models? Friday, Saturday, yeah. sprint cars. Oh, so they're really so. going to space them out? Yeah, okay. yeah they're going to space them out. they got a limited fan base. They got So it's a totally different deal. And I talked to Lanny Nichols, a, a guy from Watertown here. His kids are on VMODs. He's very tight with Donnie Shots. And, you know, he actually used to travel a little bit with uh, Hottenchild. He's actually heading down there. He's hauling Shots as late model down there. So there you go. Donnie Shots is going to run the late model and the sprint car down there. 
Um, so I got that insider information today. So that's pretty cool. Another guy that's going to double duty, Kyle Larson's going to double duty from what I understand. So that's going to be pretty cool. So there'll be, it'll be a pretty cool weekend down there, a little different than the normal, but I was watching it online anyway. So for me, it didn't really change nothing. It's just, I have four nights where I can watch a feature instead of just two nights watching multiple features. So it actually works out pretty good. Um, did you guys see the news on Kyle Larson though with his World of Outlaw team? Yes. Yes. Whoever. Yeah, he's shutting it down, and the spec speculation is that it's just a precursor to him uh, uh, getting back into NASCAR uh, as a driver. I did see in the article though that he still plans on racing for the team that he's racing with right now. So, so I, it, it, that, the article I read said that he is still planning to race next year. So. That, so that that's uh, I'm gonna well, cross my fingers on that one. How long has he had this team in operation, the sprint car team? <clears throat> that I don't know. I know I don't Carson Macedo's the driver. They had a yeah. pretty good year. Um, yeah. You know they weren't dominant, but I kind of chuckle a little bit. I'm like, well, if you're gonna own a sprint car team, like why aren't you driving it? Like you're better than all them guys anyway. You might as well go win with your own name, right? But well, you know, well yeah, because the speculation is that he's shutting it down because he's gonna be going to nascar but to me it almost like i mean there's a lot of nascar guys that own late model teams or not a lot but a few that don't to me i started thinking about it is it more of a financial thing where maybe he doesn't think he's going back to nascar now and he's like you know maybe i can't afford to be doing this like i was doing because i think some of these guys do it i don't know if they make money or not maybe they just take the loss you know but i, I don't know you know the, he's going back a, to nascar that's he's going well, that's what you he's think, going back but to yeah yeah. Who do you think with? It sounds like there was some uh, variables there. He said COVID being one of them. I'm sure. I mean, literally, if you own a World of All team, you are throwing money away, right? Because you're not you're not recouping it, especially when he won more than anybody else did in somebody else's car, right? So you know, he he was the top guy. Then you got Sweet Shots. You know, they're all the top guys. Like that Macedo, the drove for him, ran pretty good, but he wasn't winning all the time. Most of them races are ten grand to win. So what do they get? Three, three grand. Well, they got more than that in travel expenses just to get to the race. You know, so, so it's just financially. You know, I think he's just looking at a different chapter. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know, after he kind of gets back into NASCAR roles a few years down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts another team then. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we don't need to be losing uh, dirt track teams. We need we need more of those NASCAR guys getting teams, <laughs> putting the so, money to work. Exactly. So now we'll talk about this because I know that you guys are just you love your late models. You love so we're gonna get off <laughs> the sprint cars here. We'll get the late models, and again, no local stuff, but there was still several things going on over the weekend. Um, starting, they had to race up in uh, at the Bedford Speedway in Pennsylvania. Last year, Rick Eckert won this race, the Keystone Cup, 20 grand to win. Either one of you guys see that race? Uh, yeah, I watched it. Well, I watched the highlights of it, but there really weren't a lot of highlights. It, I mean, it's a big track, and the car spread out, and it, it – I mean, Greg Satterley won, uh, but, yeah, there wasn't a lot of action on the track, and – you know, I know a, a lot of people, uh, I mean, as Ryan says, half-mile tracks suck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a snoozer of a race. 
Well, what kind of really surprised me of that about that race too is uh, they have a big stage in the infield that to me it blocks a lot of the the backstretch for the fans. Yeah, I know. Reminds that me too. of Viking Speedway. You guys ever been to Alexandria? No. Big half mile track. There's not a lot of rows to the grandstand, so it's fairly low. They got all these haulers in the mid in the infield, and they don't they have they have a stage a platform there where people can stand on. And they got some a couple a building down there, and it is very difficult to see the racetrack unless you're sitting really high. And you know I've been telling them for years get all that stuff out of the infield. There's plenty of room. Find a way to park them outside so people can actually watch a race. But uh, but you're exactly right. If you're watching from that place, my goodness, it's it's tough to see, especially something that big. And, uh, yeah, that half-mile deal, I got the text message. Uh, Pete sent me a text message that says half-mile racing. And that's just all he said. You didn't say anything more than that. But uh, I was surprised. I was actually, you know, Ziggler, I thought he had the car to beat. And as little passing as there was, Saturday drove by him on the bottom. He looked pretty darn yep. good. So, okay, did you watch that? Yeah, I, you know, I felt the same way. It got a little strung out. Not a lot of banking to it, but, you know, there's a, in that Ohio, Pennsylvania area, even into New York, there are a lot of those big half miles. And, and uh, you know, speaking of Ziggy, you remember he won right, right off the bat there at the Lucas? You know, that first week, Lucas down in Florida, he, he battled and won one of the nights and, and uh, you know, was thinking maybe this guy could really contend this year. But, you know, I guess – Looking back, I don't know, you know, maybe he had some local wins and stuff, but kind of the national stuff we were covering, was that his only win, that Lucas race? I believe so. As far as he might have won some local type stuff or, you know, right. regional type stuff, but nothing big that I could think of. And that was at East Bay, I think he won down there. I yeah. mean, that was kind of a thriller deal. Yeah. The night that he won, I if I remember. Over Bronson. Yeah, over yeah. Bronson, I think. Yeah. Was, was, was he at the Nationals? I don't think he was this year. Was he, Bert? No, I don't think he was yeah, this year. Because he's. He's kind of, he could be kind of wild and fast. And remember when Moyer was mad at him a couple of years ago, he did pull the slide for life on Moyer and Moyer was not happy. And, and he's kind of an action guy. So I was thinking, well, maybe he's going to roll into some wins this year, you know, and he's a pretty young guy, but it just didn't seem like he was able to, to really get any momentum and harness it for the, for the full year. But yeah, Saturday, you know, he's, he's got some, some woo wins and, and such. And, you know, he, he, He's been out to Cedar Lake too, but I know he sticks around a little bit more local sometimes. But good race. Uh, T Mac was there. Uh, the aforementioned Rick Eckert, he didn't seem to be too good. I don't know if there's something wrong with his tires or what, but he, he just wasn't on pace. But <laughs> actually, uh, speaking of Saturday, uh, the Wisconsin connection is he won his first World of Outlaw feature at Channel Speedway in the World of Outlaw show. And that channel's a half mile, so he's he, he's good on the half miles. There, think, there you have it. I think I remember that. I think we talked about that at Cedar Lake one time because they they was that one of the races they led up to Cedar Lake, like the Tuesday yep, before, yep. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes. I I, yeah, yeah. So, nice. but yeah, like I said, uh, you know, uh, it it is what it is on those half miles. You know what you're getting into. You know, if it's not high bank like Eldora, it you know, and wide like Eldora, then you, you just don't know what you're gonna get. I guess you know they just string out. Right. Then you go south, right? We went south down at the Why Not Speedway, Meridian, Mississippi. They had the Fall Classic down there. Now us Minnesota guys were like, the Fall Classic? That's an old movie. What are they talking about? Well, they have their Fall Classic too, right? And uh, actually, this was a pretty good race. Most of it, um, Dennis Herb Jr. finally getting her done. He got a win. Good to see him in victory lane. And, you know, I'll just, I'll let you guys touch on it. What did you see uh, from Why Not? I know the 
the coverage there was on Dirt on Dirt, so you can go back and watch that race. What did you guys see there that uh, stuck out to you? Well, I was very impressed with uh, the racing. I mean, early on, the racing was really good uh, between uh, Dennis Herb Jr. and uh, Kate Dillard. Uh, they were battling back and forth. I mean, Herb led the first 22 laps or so. Then Dillard got him. Then Herb got him back a little later. And uh, then Tyler Herb, the other Herb, I don't know if they're related or not, as the announcers said. Yeah, not father-son. <laughs> not father-son. <laughs> that was actually one of, one of the funniest things was the – I mean, one of the announcers asked, are they father-son? And you could hear the discussion in the background as to whether or not they were father and son because they didn't know. And then they came back a little later. And, oh, one's from Illinois and one's from Texas. They're not even first cousins. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, er Tyler Herb was actually leading and probably would have won the race, but uh, uh, dropped the drive shaft on the track, which ended his night, which gave the lead back to um, – Dennis Herb and uh, the track locked down late. I mean, it was a hundred lap race and um, I guess that race would have been better if it would have been a little bit shorter uh, because it did lock down. But uh, overall, I mean, I thought it was a, was a, a very good race. I guess I have a question for you, Ryan, with a drive shaft issue like that. I mean, does the drive shaft actually come out or does it break or, I mean, cause the oh. track wasn't rough. I mean, how does, it, it came out, and, and a lot of times what happens with a drive shaft deal is it's something maybe in the in the lift arm or something like that. Maybe something there was too much of this motion in the rear end that kind of caused the problem. Maybe it was a U joint issue. There's a lot of variables. I mean, okay. it's not common for one just to break because of all the torque or anything like that. Usually, it's suspension related that that caused something to kind of bind up and, and snap it. Most of the time, that's the case. I don't know exactly what was the case there with Turbo, but usually that's the case because they're pretty good. And then the carbon fiber drive shafts, it's such a godsend to late model racing because when they break, they don't, they don't rip your leg off or rip your arm off. So it's a good safety thing to have in there to see that one. It, it snapped. It ended up on the racetrack. No harm, no fall. Tough break for him, but he, he didn't get hurt, which is good. Yeah, I pretty much echo, you know, you, both of your sentiments on, on this one. I was a little surprised that Herb went there, you know, Herb being an Illinois guy, yeah, could have just busted over to Pennsylvania. And then he also said in his interview, I've been here many times. So maybe he just really likes the place. But, you know, of course, I wasn't surprised to be, see Kay Dillard there, you know, because he lives down south. But, you know, and Tyler Herb being from Texas. But I guess Herb, you know, he's going to be making his way to North Carolina anyway. Uh, but, you know, I just, you know, for an Illinois guy and having a race right in, uh, like I said, in Pennsylvania, I was a little bit surprised to see him there. Well, he probably just said, why not go there? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? Right. I got, I got cousin lives up in Minot. He always says, why not? Why not? Well, I'll just stick with why not? Why not? And Rodney Wing, I don't know if he still runs that track or not. I raced against him down in Florida, the modified. Oh, he was running why not Speedway when I was racing against him. I'm not sure if he still does. Pretty nice place. Pretty, I mean, very, very good-looking facility. And, uh, again, you know who else struggled at that deal? I and mean, we didn't even mention him. Jonathan Davenport. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, like, like, 2020, Just let's just call it 2020. JD, just end the season. Don't even go to Charlotte. Call it a year. Regroup. <laughs> come back to 2021, how we know you. And that's as a front-runner. Because he's had, he's had a, you know, other than the shining moment at the Intercontinental, he's had a pretty rough year. 
the the funny thing about that was I was watching the race and I had there was no mention of Davenport at all. And then there's a caution because some cars tangled and there was Davenport as part of the tangle. That's the only camera time he got was during the feature anyway was uh, when he was in that tangle. Uh, yeah, that's but, not I mean, and it's, I mean, I guess I, maybe the racing gods, because he didn't go to the USA Nationals this year, you know, <laughs> he's having a bad year. <laughs> yeah, you know, another guy started off normal, right? I mean, you know, coming out of speed weeks, I don't think, I think any of us, you know, he was kind of where we thought he would be. Uh, but then, yeah, he just, uh, I think the COVID break was really when he changed. You know, I think he was, he was fine until the COVID break, and then he came back and just was not the driver that, yeah, like like Ryan said, not the potential he has or not the driver we expected him to live up to. I would agree. Now, another place that, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't see any screaming from this. I don't even know if there's some screaming out there, but they had a race in Florence, Kentucky. It was only five grand to win, but they had a pretty good field of cars. There were some people there. I looked at that. I'm like, that was pretty stacked. Michael Chilton from 20th. And it's like, Dude wins from 20th, and I can't even watch it. This is a bunch of bunk. I want to see this is the one I want to watch. These other ones were snoozers. I wanted to see this race. And uh, surprise, surprise, Bobby Pierce lost the lead by jumping the cushion. Huh, weird. Who would have thought of it? But he's uh, the smooth operator. Right, not so much, right? So, hey, how about, uh, how about Brandon Overton? Oh, you know, top- definitely a driver of the year candidate, I'll tell you. It is. I mean, it's tough to be on top of uh, B-Chef on that deal, but, uh, you know, just looking at, at his weekend, he didn't go to any of the aforementioned races, but Thursday he was up at the Tar Heel 50. That was a rescheduled race. Won that for the second year in a row. Did you see that move? Did you watch that movie? Put yes. on he passed him three times, you know, passed him yellow, passed him yellow, and then he put a sweet move on him in lap traffic there and threaded the needle. It's like, wow. That one pass was, in my opinion, worth the whole watching it for sure. Yeah, it yeah was a, I mean, no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, no, go ahead, because I want to look at look something up on him. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah, I mean, him and Clint, uh, Overton and Clanton battled for much of that race. Uh, Overton was just uh, better in traffic. And uh, one interesting thing, this has nothing to do with the leaders of the race, but did you did you watch the end of that race? Yeah. Did you see a David Payne? His whole quarter panel was just dragging in the air, and they left him out there. I mean, any track that in eastern Wisconsin, they, he would have been set pit side to get that, that quarter panel torn off. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, he smacked the wall, and he ripped the deck tin, the spoiler, the quarter panel, and it had to have been dragging behind him six feet, eight feet, and it just dragging behind them. They went. They went back to green. They didn't rip it off. They just like they just go. Yep. And you could tell like nobody really wanted to go to the outside of them, right? You know, it's like <laughs> that's kind of like blocking, so to speak. And yeah, it was weird, you know, that they that they let them go. You're right on the money. I forgot about that. Yeah. So Overton, I thought I saw this. I had to look it up. Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand sixty-seven dollars was his earnings over the weekend for that triple header. So yeah. for guys staying fairly close to home, you know, a Georgia guy. Pretty damn good weekend. Uh, a guy that you had mentioned, too, about Thursday night, Thread the Needle, Shane Clant. Another guy that was in the news a lot this time last year, changing teams, going to uh, Lucas. And did he even get a win this year? I know he didn't get a Lucas win, but did he get a win? Any of these, these independent? I mean, I know one of those early races that Dirt on Dirt televised. Uh, was it 
uh, it was, uh, well, the guy that runs the Southern Nationals here, he has a track. Is it in North Carolina, Brass Town, or was it? Anyway, he, the Michael LePage was there, and there was somebody. Clanton got into it with another Georgia guy. Maybe it was that Page. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was early in the year. Clanton was leading, and this guy stole the lead from him. And that was the only race that I thought that he, you know, was really a contender. And like I said, I just, you know, second in points last year, remember, in the World of All-Out Series. But as far as I know, no wins this year. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to take a look. I'm not really sure. And what's interesting about Overton, he ran three nights this week, and all three of them were different series. You know, so they were all three different three different series at, at three different tracks. So if none of them races were tied together. The in a Friday was the Buck Simmons Memorial for my buddy Mark Tremberth, Lem Turnberg, Snur Thundercloud, however you want to call it. He Buck Simmons is his guy, right? So Buck Simmons uh, Memorial there, he won that, and then he won over at Lawrence, South Carolina. I think that was a Carolina class race there on Saturday. So pretty neat deal. But that's interesting on Clanton. That's something we'll have to look up. You know, we'll have to maybe get our late model expert, Jeff, and get him some homework to see if he had any – when the last time he had a win. You know, we can see if we can find that out for the next show. Now – Yeah, and here it is. It was Tri-County Speedway. It's Ray Cook runs it. So, Ray yeah. Cook, not only does he run the – I think it's a – is it the Southern All-Stars or the Schaefer's Tour, one of them, but – They have a spring and fall nationals at Schaefer's that, That's what – okay. So, he runs that deal, and he runs his track. And it was early on that – Clanton was there, and I remember they. I mean, he was not happy after the races. We went through some of the interview stuff, but yeah, he was not. It was, and like I said, it was early on. It was right after COVID. I mean, I know Ray Cook got some press for this because, like, hey, you're really going to do this? And he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make this thing happen. And and like I said, Clanton led a lot of laps. He got slid, and that was it. You know, and then all of a sudden it was like Shane Clanton just kind of went away. Now this pains me. It pains me. It really, <laughs> really, really, really pains me. But probably the best race I watched all weekend was the <laughs> great late model race at Alltech in Lake City, Florida. 70 of them things were down there. $25,000 to win. Mark Whitener won his sixth one of these deals, right? And uh, just crazy. The Powell Family Memorial. And uh, if you're watching the show right now, jump onto the Alltech Speedway website. And just read up on the on the deal about the Powell, Powell family memorial. It's kind of a tearjerker. I mean, he kind of lost uh, lost his whole family, right? He lost, uh, a, you know, I think four year old twins, right? Yeah. Died in a plane crash. I mean, that was a bad deal. And they put together that memorial race, I think, twenty five years ago now. And uh, kind of reminds me, guys, of uh, okay, you remember the deal with Don Drew? Um, yes, the deer you know, he, he lost uh, pit guys, family members, that hunting deal over in Wisconsin yeah. with uh, with that Hmong guy or whatever that shot them all. And that was the only thing I can remember where somebody lost a, a big group of people in the racing world. And that was a bad deal. And, you know, this this is not the same, but, I mean, that's, it's a tragic deal. But it's great that they're able to put on a memorial race. It's been longstanding, 70 cars at this deal. And uh, I tell you, it was a good race. I mean, it was rain delay. They couldn't race it Saturday. They had to race it Sunday. But, uh, you know, first of all, did you guys watch that race? Yes, I did see that race. Uh, one of my – I mean, it was very good racing, but one of my first reactions was that race took a long time to, to run. I don't know if it's because they're crate late models or what, but 
it I mean, it was what 66 69 laps or something like yes. that it, it just seemed to um take forever to complete but the racing on the track was very good yeah i, I, I was impressed go ahead but oh, okay yeah no i was gonna say yeah i yeah the racing was good stayed pretty tacky you know what you'd i guess you'd expect this time here a little cooler temps and the sun's going down pretty early uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked the event. I, I really think that this is something for promoters that it was special. You know, you, it's 25,000. Well, actually I want to back up Bert, didn't you say that one year AJ won a lot of money racing crates? Yeah. AJ, I was going to bring this up. I, I believe it was in 2010 because it was the same year that MJ retired. Uh, AJ Dima won the championship in the fast track, the national championship, and he won $50,000. Okay. So was he racing around like this a little bit at big money shows, or was he just staying close to home, kind of like a Wazota guy? Um, the way fast track worked when Shano sanctioned fast track was, um, well, there, there were, you gain points in your region, and there's different ra races within your region. You accumulate points, and if I remember correctly, and then you race in three big races at the end of the year, and they were down in Virginia. So AJ and a bunch of other uh, Shano area guys went down to Virginia to race in, in the, the fast track races, which ultimately decided the national championship. Okay. So, yeah, I know. I, I guess I want, I want to build on that and, and you said for promoters. I mean, this, this was special. You know, it was different. It was, you know, create late models. And, and when you see these guys – from the you know higher levels drop down that always adds kind of an element of interest i think you know it'd be well what can this guy do you know it's like when bloomquist has raced modifies we're going to talk about jimmy owen with modifies it you know there there's something special about it so yeah i mean like earl pearson's coming down and kyle bronson's coming down and yeah whitener we talked about whitener earlier in the year the guy's got kind of got a temper he's a little bit of a hothead he's an interesting <laughs> guy you know michael <laughs> Page, we've talked about said you know ryan like we talked about at the beginning of the, the the show here about some of our memories these are all names i would not know who my, mark whitener was if we weren't doing the show i would not know who Page is if we weren't doing the show Corey hedgecock i would not know who they are you know but uh you know i i thought it was a cool event and and you know what ten thousand for second and i think it was like six seven you know i think up to fifth even two grand or something like that twelve fifty for tenth seven fifty to start i mean I don't exactly know what the expenses are, but, you know, a pretty damn cool deal for, you know, for those crate guys. You know, what's crazy to me. That's the biggest race in Florida. And you got to remember, they got speed weeks down there, right? So they got the world of all models. They got the Lucas Oil late models. They got all that stuff down there. And the biggest race of the year in Florida on dirt is a crate late model race. What? I mean, <laughs> well, 70 cars. I mean, because if they were going for cars, now did, did they, I mean, the stuff I saw, I didn't see much of the, of the grandstands. Did it look good? That Fan I don't count? know. That I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to that. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it probably wasn't as good as they'd like, simply because they ran it on a Sunday, right? So I'm sure it was a little lighter. Hopefully it was good. You know, I mean, it's, it's historically been a good race for them. But that, that kind of leads into this question. Ryan's rant, or like Ryan rant. Ryan rant. <laughs> now, as a racer, I was in a crate late model, which I wouldn't be, all right? Or if I was in a B mod, which I wouldn't be, <laughs> nothing against those classes. 
But those are those are essentially beginner type. They should be beginner. That, that's a feeder class. It's kind of what it is. The Midwest mods, when they designed that class, it was an economical version of a modified where people can get into an open wheel car and at some day get into an A mod. The B mod, the B model, the late, the great late model class. Economical late model class pays significantly less. Everything costs the same except for shocks and, and the engine, right? All the same stuff as a late model, paying them way less so that someday somebody can go, you know what, I, I like being in a late model. I'm going to move up to the bigger late models. Now, my, my thoughts is this. I, I don't believe looking long-term, and I, I got B-Mod, there's B-Mod fans, and there's B-Mod drivers, and they're going to hate me for this, and it is what it is. I don't really give a shit, okay? The fact of the matter is this, okay? None of those classes should be paying those big purses. It's ridiculous. It has flat-out killed the B-Mod class in Lasona. People are like, oh, it's still the biggest class. Well, is it? Really? Is it? You know? Because when it first came out, they were paying them 250 to win. There was 40 of them everywhere, right? Yeah. Now you have 16 of them everywhere. Why? Because all of a sudden they're paying five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, all these big shows for B-Mods, and you have all these guys with a lot of money that really don't belong in a B-Mod. They belong in an A-Mod, right? Because they have the budget to do so. They're buying $30,000, $40,000 cars to race in a B-Mod or in a great late model, right? If the crate late model still stays where they're paying them low, like in our region, right? If they keep paying them low and they don't throw a ton of money at them, you see a lot of old master builds and a lot of old cars in that class, that's fine. That's fine, okay? Now that's a, it's an alternative, that's fine. But I'm telling you that when they start putting on $25,000 to win shows for a crate late model, that's just a ticket for people to spend a ton of money and the people with the money should be racing a, a, a big late model, right? And I just, I just hate that for the for the sport long term. On the promoter side of things, you're like, well, man, if we do this, we're going to get a ton of them. We're going to pack the place. It's going to be great short term. But long term, is this really good for the class? Heck, I was in a Wasota Superstock, and I won a bunch of national championships, but I ruined the class or had a part in making it more expensive. Why? Because I came out every single year with a brand new car, fresh tires. I couldn't afford it. Found a way to make it happen. Big borrow, steal, whatever I had to do to get it done. But the fact is, the guys I raced against, they had to spend more money to compete. And guess what? It still only paid 300, 350 bucks to win. So I, I remember driving to Wilmer trying to win a national championship. I love the KRA Speedway. It was five hour drive there, five hour drive back. It was 300 to win. By the time I drove there and back, burnt the tire, race fuel, fuel in the hauler, all that, I had to win just to even come close to breaking even on my trip there. That's just stupid, you know? And now they start throwing more money at these lower classes, and people are going, oh, there's more money. I'm going to spend more money. It's just it's bad for the sport long term when these lower classes like that are having big money shows. And, and I, you just look at, you know, you look at the IMCA deal, they don't pay. Most of their shows aren't huge paying shows. And if you look at the car counts at most IMCA tracks compared to like Wasota tracks, the numbers are higher. Why? Because the cars are cheaper, period, right? And that's the issue we're having right now is the cars are too expensive and these big paying shows for the smaller classes are only driving the cost up, right? And the last example on that, we have a guy up in Grand Rapids there, you know him, Kaylee Emerson, right? 
he started the Northern Renegades non-wing sprints. And when he first came all of that deal, I'm like, this is absolutely stupid. Like, I am, I'm like, this is stupid. We don't need another class. There's three of these dumb things. It's ridiculous. Nobody wants to watch this garbage. And he says, he goes, I'm working on something. 175 to win, 150 per second. Everybody else gets 125. I'm like, why would you even do that? That's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. You don't give the blue ribbon the 18th. I'm sorry. That's stupid. But he said this. He says, if I keep the, if I keep the purse down, people aren't going to spend as much money because they know that literally they're going to get $50 more per purse than they got for 15 right? So if they spend more money, they're just dumb at that point. Well, if he keeps the cost of that down, it has grown, right, to a big class. It's the highest car class at the Grand Rapids Speedway. I hate seeing this great late model stuff with these big paying shows because, yeah, they had a bunch of them at that deal, but is it overall good for the sport? I don't think so. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, like I said, uh, that, that, that uh, Kaylee's uh, sprint car deal, he's definitely got like 20 of them now. You know, they're popping up all over and uh, have to run used tires and very affordable. Bert, looks like you have something to say. No, I mean, I was just going to add that, uh, I mean, one of the things we've talked about, too, with crate late models is they look like late models. And, I mean, actually, Sunday night, I tuned in. I went to Flow Racing to see if there was anything, any races on, and that race was on. So I tuned in, and it said late models. And I saw Pearson, I saw Bronson, but I didn't recognize anybody else, and it's like, is this uh is this a super late you know because sometimes they have late models and super late models and sometimes they have they have just the, they have late models and the, the crates are limited late models so I didn't know if it was a super late model show or a crate show actually when I was watching it I didn't know that until after the fact actually because the cars look exactly the same yeah and, and you know what that's a very good point Bert, because I see some tracks now that they're not going to have, like in our in our area, they're not going to have the soda late models. They're only going to have the, the crate late models or the limited late models or USRA late models, you know, like they have at Mississippi Thunder. That's their alternative. They're not going to, if they have, you see some of these tracks down south, they got like three late model classes on the same night. It's like, are you serious? Like, really? They all look the same. Your casual fan coming in that really isn't a diehard fan, they, they can't tell the difference. It makes no sense to them. They're like, well, why are these guys racing together? The cars are the same thing. Well, they don't understand that they're not. But but the racing was so good, right? In my opinion, I thought the racing was – I thought it was pretty good racing at that deal. That, you, I mean, if it's good racing, good racing is good racing. It don't matter if they have you right. know, 500 horse or 750 horse. Good racing – I mean – with Soda Street Stocks probably put on some of the best shows they've seen all year, and they're like right around 400 horse. So as long as they all kind of on the same page, it can be good racing. But I think you had a good point there, Bert. Don't don't run two or three classes, you know, of the same looking thing on the same night, you know. But will that? Here's a question for us to ponder, and we'll talk about this more as the season progresses. Will the insurgence of crate limited late models? be the ultimate demise of Wissota late models, right? Because if you look in some areas, Wissota late models are fading. There's only two Wissota late model tracks in Wisconsin. Not many drivers. Limited late models are taken off. Are you going to see some of the mid-pack and lower guys? I've personally talked to some guys racing Wissota late models right now that said, you know what? 
I got to freshen my engine for next year. It's going to cost me more to do that than it'll cost me to buy a crate. I might just go ahead and run crate late models this year instead. Are we going to lose with soda late models to crate late models? And that's something to really think about. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, and we've talked about this before. We talked about earlier in the year with the Tri-State late model series on the western side of Wazota, the, you know, discount shop tools, Dirt Kings on the other side, you know, some different rules with some of that aluminum stuff incorporating in and, you know, Wazota being on such an island, you know, and we've seen late model numbers come down. And, and from the crate stuff I've seen, like at Cedar Lake, you know, I haven't seen guys that have left late model racing to do that. It hasn't been they're defecting yet. It seems like more so just just lack of interest. Or we've talked about lack of tracks for Wazota, like in Wisconsin. You only got a couple that, that race Wazota weekly, and then Cedar Lake's kind of a quasi. So, but yeah, I, I guess my opinion on even on the B mods, I mean, if I ran a track, if I got a hold of the Grand Rapids Speedway this week, Ryan, I would probably announce crate late models and B mods, and I would get rid of the A lates and A mods. And the only reason is, the crates and the B mods, they're not, they're not, well, first off, the racer, <laughs> and I agree. You know, the is on Puka, P-O-O-K-A. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hear me out now. The cost is out of control. Racers say it. You know, we hear it all the time. We've heard it for 20 years. And, and those cars aren't going to get any slower or less technical. You know what I mean? It's just like every year they get a little faster, a little better. So as long as the, like we just said about the quality of racing down there in Florida, as long as you can go side by side and that kind of thing. Like what I didn't know about the crates until I spoke with Mr. Nesbitt last summer is that they got paid a super stock purse. I didn't know that. They said, you know, is it, gosh, they're using, they get the same tire. They got the same shock. The only thing that's different is the engine, but they're racing for super stock. They, they don't have the same shock. See, they don't, they don't have the same shock. They have well, a spec shock. And, so okay. that's significantly cheaper, and and their tire, depending on where they are, they got to run used tires. I think there's a tread depth deal on that, so they can't run new tires. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, at a lot of places, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but uh, they have a tread depth deal there at some tracks. So they do a couple things there to keep the cost down. But you're right on the money. They race for super stock case. So on the promoter side of things, you ain't paying out that bigger purse, but. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I said, I didn't know. Maybe I'm misquoting, but the bottom line basically is saying the parts are pretty, are late model parts, but you're racing for super stock. I didn't know that. I thought they had more of like a, you know, like maybe a modified top. Per, but like I said, I was not expecting them to say 250 bucks or 300 bucks, you know, for the win because, you know, they're on the fat tire that I obviously I know costs more. So, but yeah, that'll be, Ryan, you're right. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. Now, the crate thing, like I said, it seems like it is really big down south. It hasn't quite caught on as much here so and then well like you Bert they, they eliminated them out your way right well yeah I mean Shano, Shano Speedway they uh for several years they I mean they were sanctioned by with so they had with soda late models and they had fast track late models uh that was two divisions during their weekly program um and I mean ultimate ultimately what they decided to do was get rid of the sanction get rid of both sanctionings, change the rules to incorporate all engine types into one division. And they just went with one division of late models. And I think that's something that uh, with soda is going to have to, they can't be so restrictive with their engines. They're going to have to 
open it up a little bit. I mean, with modifications to keep the cars as equal as possible, uh, but they can't just limit themselves to a soda engines. Otherwise, they will have falling car cones. 100% correct. And when the traveling series come to town, right? When you have your World of Outlaw, your Lucas Oil Race, when you have them guys come to town, if they open it up and kind of make it to where all these different sanctionings, all the different rules packages can be in a one, when those guys come to town, now our guys can maybe be on the same playing field and we can have a better show that way. And, and here's, here's my analogy right here of B-mods, B-late models, and all that. See this sheet of paper, right? See this? It's this big, right? Hey, look at that. It's still the same size. So no matter what, you have the same amount of drivers, right? But if you cut that pie into 18 pieces and you got 18 different options, now you have seven cars in each class. And I've seen tracks, so is Puka, so have you, that they have nine classes of cars. They got 18 yeah. cars in each class. Guess what? You go to four classes of cars, and now you have 20 cars in each class, and it's a hell of a lot better show. No, I agree. And that, that's why I always hate it when tracks will – introduce a totally new division because it's going to be economical. It's going to be a beginner class and this and that. And you have two cars and nobody builds any more cars and half the, you know, five weeks into the season, the class is done already. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. Now the crate late models is taken off in a place where they eliminated the supers. Okay. Is Watertown. The crate late models came in. They had a sponsor to cover the purse. They, that, that took off a little bit. Boom, they dropped the super stocks. So they eliminated the class. There's people in Watertown that have supers that no longer can race at their home track, right? So speaking of Watertown, Puka, don't we know some folks over there? We do. Uh, some good folks, like maybe right here over my shoulder, or <laughs> track supplies. So Trevor and the gang, uh, home of the Aero chassis. So, yeah, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. You know, it's getting to be that – that time of year when you might be thinking chassis for next year, 2021, gosh, we're what? Less than 90 days away from 2021 already. So, um, you know, give Trevor a call, check out the Aero chassis, or if you just have shopping for all the major brands and parts, it's dirttracksupply.com. Yeah, they got some great stuff. You know, him and Ron, they do a great job over there. They support racing. They have the trackside suppliers. Everybody over here knows those guys. You know, whether you need a car, whether you need parts, safety equipment, whatever it is, give them guys a call. Um, great group of folks over there in Watertown, South Dakota. You know, and that leads us now. We got some. We do have some races coming up this weekend. You know, and uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start because you can talk late models long enough, right? But I'm gonna start <laughs> with. It's called Monster Mash, right? So Monster Mash USRA weekend, four nights of racing at four different tracks. I think. I haven't heard a confirmation yet, but I think there's some Wasota guys looking at maybe heading down to that deal. But Thursday night, 10,050 to win at the Tri-State Speedway in Oklahoma. Friday, 10,002 to win at Lakeside in Kansas City, the fifth annual Grant Youngins Memorial. Grant, of course, passed away. That was a brother of uh, Chase Youngins, right? Um, Saturday, 10,031 to win at the 81 Speedway in Park City, Kansas. And Sunday, 5,000 win at Humboldt. Guys, four big nights of USRA modified racing. And uh, I know you guys saw some news there. You know, there's going to be, uh, I mean, that's going to be a stout field. 
Lucas Schott, Minnesota guy, currently running second in the USRA National Points, trying to lock down his first USRA National Championship. Good luck to Lucas Schott. Love to see a Minnesota guy get that done. But uh, you mentioned uh, Jimmy Owens there, Puka. Um, talk about uh, what, what did you see there? Well, yeah, see, like we talked to me, this, again, promoters is a good idea, special. I will cover one of them, and I'll let uh, Bert cover the other two. But, yeah, Jimmy Owens, who has been, no, well, he was a mod guy, right? And they went to the late model, saw the, saw the light, saw the light, went to, a, you know, <laughs> been racing late models for a while. But, uh, yeah, he's going to jump in one and uh, make the trip, which, like I said, I think, I think it is really cool to see what these guys can do when they come down a level where, every, like I said, we were just talking about traveling series coming to the air when it's more of a level playing field. They're going so, up. Jimmy, we'll be coming in uh bert you want to fill us in on the other two big dogs well uh johnny scott will be is also scheduled to race so that's not real surprising i mean he he comes from a modified background uh but the other one surprised me i don't know if he's ever raced a modified before i mean i'm sure he probably has but i haven't but uh b chef uh Apparently, he wants to pad his resume a little bit more for that Driver of the Year award. <laughs> well, we'll find out what this kid's made of, right? I mean, they're racing for Ramirez. Ramirez, of course, owns Jimmy Owens stuff in the Lucas Oil Series. Derek Ramirez is a standout in the USMPS Modifieds. So Derek Ramirez, Jimmy Owens, and Brandon Shepard are all three teammates um, running for Ramirez in this deal. And uh, that's all going to be on racing dirt. So all four nights of racing, you can catch live and watch this. So whether you're a mod guy or a late model guy like you guys, <laughs> your late model guys are going to be there. But needless to say, it should be a it should be some really good racing with some really good race cars. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, some good money on the line. So so now I guess I'll I'll slide down the, the scale a little bit, and there is some late model racing coming up. Uh, night number four of six of the Fall Nationals, that's Ray Cook series down there, the Schaefer's Fall Nationals. Saturday, I don't know how you say it, if it's a WITH Speedway, W-Y-T-H-E, Wide WITH, I'm not sure. Um, 10,000 WITH, that is actually on flow racing. Um, you'll be able to watch that. Now, the points battle, it's a six-race series. Um, Vic Hill is leading that. David Payne, Donald McIntosh are both four points behind in second. But uh, that, that should be a pretty good race. It'll be interesting to see who in that area, if they get some of them standout late model guys from the traveling series to kind of jump in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is that time of year where, like I said, like we saw last weekend, you got, you know, T-Mac up north and you've got Overton over in, in uh, South Carolina and you've got, you know, Dennis Herb Jr. in Mississippi. I guess this is a time of year where you just don't know who's going to be where. And, and I guess now that I'm talking this through, maybe it just is a little weird that the, the major series don't keep pounding through this time of year to kind of lock up some of this real estate in a way. You know what I mean? I mean, there, there is so much competition in the summer, but it just seems like there's, I mean, I guess there's weather risk and that kind of thing, but you know, the world racing group's going to race all the way till November. Why don't we just keep racing up until November? <laughs> no, the season's already too long for those guys. It's hard enough to get more than 10 guys to follow any of those traveling series. So if they spread that out by another month, then people are going to be like, are you serious? We're starting in the early part of January, and now we're going all the way to Christmas? No, 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 no. Now, I like the fact that they have it like this because there's still races going on, and if they want to hit them, they're not, they're not locked down. They don't have to be there. 
And uh, I, I really like that they have that option. And uh, another race coming up this weekend uh, is going to be a, it turns out, it's now going to be a Jackie Boggs um, tribute race. And the Bluegrass Nationals in Richmond, Kentucky, that's 10,000 wins. I have not seen if that's being streamed anywhere. So I'm not really sure. Man, I sure hope so. Bert, did you have to see if that's being streamed? I did not see if it's being streamed anywhere. Yeah, I looked and I didn't see anything there. So that'll be interesting. Now that, that first one we talked about, I can see a guy um, maybe Overton, and I can see a guy like maybe Chris Madden um, being at that race. So that'll be interesting to see. The Bluegrass Nationals in Kentucky, maybe uh, it'll be interesting to see if Bobby Pierce maybe goes to that deal, or maybe will Bobby Pierce run that that modified deal because he just won the la that two-night deal, what was it, last week at Tri-State or Tri-City that, that he won the modifieds in. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Now, Friday and Saturday, see, Charlotte has something coming up next week, but they also have something this week. I didn't even know about this until I was looking online to see what races there were. They actually, on Friday and Saturday, they have the World Short Track Championships in a Jess for Puka, seven classes of cars, which is perfect. We all That's know the that. sweet spot. That's yeah, we the know, sweet yeah. spot. Yeah, I, I, know, I know you were hoping for more, but they had to cut it off somewhere. And uh, I think the, the marquee classes, it looks to me like that's a great late model deal and UMP modified. So um, that is going to be streamed on Nerd Vision, which I was kind of surprised. But I guess UMP, um, they are tied in, right, with yeah, World, World Racing, Racing Group. Yeah, yeah so that, that's why that makes sense. So, so there is some racing coming up, and we're going to, you know, we'll do our part. We'll bite the bullet for all you fans out there. We will bite the bullet. We'll watch <laughs> these races. I know, I know, I mean. I know. Don't feel bad for us. We will do that. You know, we'll take one for the team. So that way we can maybe have a little insight for you next week. But then are the events coming up and we got a, we got a big week in the following weekend in uh, Poca. That brings us to the last lap. Yes. Did you want to talk about uh, Zuli's engine before that? Go ahead. Well, Frank, the tank. So anyway, we got, uh, yeah, Zuli's engine and, uh, I think it's zuliesengines.com is where you find them. But, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about crate late model or, or crate motors. Now, he does a lot with the concept engine, Ryan. What's the difference between a crate and a concept? Well, a crate is a probably made in China or Mexico or whatever. It's just a pickup truck motor. That's what a crate motor is. They're, they're mass produced. There's no, they're not a racing engine. They're just a, a mass produced engine. A concept engine is a racing engine, right? That they got some limitations on to try to bring the cost of it down. It's kind of the concept behind it, right? But uh, but that's it's a racing engine built by local racing engine builders rather than going to GM or Ford and getting a crate motor that's mass produced. So if I had to pick between one or the other, it's concept all day long because these are the people that are in our area that support our sport. They support the drivers. They support the racetracks. And, and by getting engines from people like Frank Zuli, we're able to support those who support us. So, and he does a great job. I actually talked to uh, Trevor Walsh out here and they've had some work done and they speak very highly also of Zuli race engines. You know, I talked to Justin Vogel quite a bit, but started asking around some people that maybe had work done by him. And uh, I tell you, there's a lot of people that speak very highly of his work and in fact, I talked to Trevor. He said he had, he had a motor that he thought was pretty good, but he kept breaking on him. He brought it over to Zuli's, and I'm not going to say who built that one. And Frank's like, 
you know, no offense, but like they, this, this not really good pieces in this deal. I'm not sure what they were thinking. And Frank was able to turn his program around and guess what? No more engine problems. So that, that was a, a great thing to see. And, you know, you get a good engine builder that's a local guy like Frank, it may cost you a little bit more up front once in a while, right? But they look for, I want to keep my drivers on the track. I don't want them having problems. You can't get that with a crate motor, but you can get that with a concept motor from, from Zuli's performance. So with the yeah, last so Zuli's is spelled Z. Yeah, let, let me just get the spelling out here because it's, it's <laughs> Z-E-U-L-I-S. So Zuli's Race Engines with an S on engines.com. Zuli's Race Engines.com. Take it away, Ryan. There you go. So we'll start on the last lap. You know, man, it was a rough week. They see everything happens in threes, right? Isn't that kind of what they said? Well, unfortunately, the racing world, I'm sure there was more than this. We don't know everybody, but there was three tragedies that happened really within the last week here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start off here and I'm going to mention Wendy MacArthur, you know, and hats, you know, condolences to everybody at the ABC Raceway up in Aston, Wisconsin, her and her whole family been a big part of the racing community in Ashland, Wisconsin for a long time. Um, she's helped with Split the Pot. She did a lot of stuff at the racetrack, her whole family. And uh, she tragically passed away. She fell, she hit her head, had some complications to that and just never came through. So uh, just a bad deal. She, you know, married, has a daughter, um, just a horrible deal, way too young. And, uh, you know, just uh, my thoughts and prayers to her family. All of her friends up there in Ashland, Wisconsin, uh, you know, even Superior, she went over there quite a bit. But uh, really sad to see uh, a gal gone way too, way too soon. Oh, that's tough. How about uh, Jackie Boggs, uh, Bert? What do you know about Yeah, Bert? I mean, over the weekend, you know, the news came acro across that uh, Jackie Boggs had passed away. Um, you know, a sad deal. Uh, when I first started going to the World 100, he was always there racing. So I did get to see him race in person several times. Uh, one year at the World 100, he started on the pole and led like the first 40 laps or so. Uh, so I mean, he was he was a he was a good racer, and obviously he comes from you know a racing family, and it's it's just uh, you know sad news. What uh, he was only in his early 50s, so way too young. And, uh, you know, obviously our condolences to the Boggs family. Yeah, and then we got word that John Meads. Now, I didn't, I didn't know his age. I didn't know John. I've, I know the car. You know, he's come up to Hibbing many times. He's raced in Rapids a few times, a handful of times. But uh, what was his age, Ryan? Another tragedy. Boy, I, I would have to guess <clears throat> late 50s, early 60s, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I actually just met John for the first time. I've I was doing some announcing there over Labor Day weekend in Hemming, so I went up. I got to visit with him a little bit. I was, I was getting information about their race team, and and uh, I know that uh, it was either – I think him, he ran – so he ran the late model. His son also raced, but they won a heat race. Uh, he won a heat race at the Labor Day shootout, you know, quite a few years back now. So, I mean, yeah. tough deal there. And he really helped out Kevin Carlson. Um, Kevin yeah. Carlson actually used his car when his wasn't ready. Very good friend, so – you know, condolences to the whole Meads family, all of his friends, Kevin Carlson. You know, hey, I know you, you were tight with this guy. And uh, just, just sad to see, but just, uh, you know, that racing community that we live in is tight. I mean, it's all like family. You know, sometimes you love them, sometimes you hate them. But at the end of the day, we're all family. And, and uh, that's three people right there that tragically uh, all of them gone too soon. And the racing world's going to miss all these folks for sure. 
Yeah, that's terrible. All right, well, we got some news out of St. Louis, Ryan. It's bad news. So they heard that I only live four hours away, and I was thinking about heading down to that deal. So they decided, well, if he's coming, we're canceling and uh, not having it. And I got the word from Provenzino because Bravo was they down didn't at- They didn't cancel it. They postponed it. <laughs> rant? You want, a, you want another rant or what? So Provenzino was down at Bloomquist shop, and Cody Somers is down there. Cody, of course, puts together that deal, and he kind of gave Jeff the idea last week that, I just don't think it's going to happen. And while Jeff was there, Cody got a call. He's like, I've been waiting for this call. Like, I got to take this. I, this is about the gateway deal. And that was a conversation that I'm having that led to them canceling the show. Just too many restrictions, not able to make it work, which really sucks because as a race fan, I was looking forward to that show. It's highly entertaining. It gives us something to talk about and do in December. But, you know, it's just another one of those deals that – COVID, damn China, right? Got got rid of our race in December. <laughs> so it, I guess it is what it is. We'll have to, you know, make it bigger and better in uh, 2021. So, yeah, what a unique event. What is it? Would this have been what the fourth year, fifth year, something like that? But I mean, fifth year, I think. Yeah, fifth year, maybe. I think not postponed. I hate that. <laughs> it's not postponed. It's canceled. They're not having the 2020 dirt in the dome. You know, they're not having it. It is canceled. Not. Now, Troy Powers, though, mentioned on uh, Facebook, he goes, I think I know why they're saying postpone. Because they try, some of them try to get their money back. They're looking for a refund. And they said the event is being postponed until uh, a later date, right? So we're working on when that's going to be, which is going to be 2021. So is it a way maybe for some of these tracks to just kind of hold on to everybody's money? Now, I, I know some of them have refunded, right? Not all of them have, have kept it. But are some of these folks looking at saying, you know what, we can just hold on to this money for a year? You know, that, that, was, that was Troy's theory there. I saw that on the 2020 page. So, but needless to say, Gateway's not happening. And uh, we did get some pretty exciting news in uh, specifically Dirt Modifieds. Um, Puka, what did you see there? Yeah, so it looks like Longhorn Chassis is going to get into the, the Modified game just a little bit here. And uh, – uh, I guess someone we would at one time called locally isn't around here anymore, but Steve Arpin is going to be locking arms. And that's really cool, Ryan. I don't did I know, you know, Steve, have you talked to him about this at all? This is a pretty interesting development. I have, and we're going to be talking, we're going to be doing an interview here. So he's going to be filling everybody in on all the details, but the double OA is back in the dirt world, which I love because he was one of the most talented, colorful personalities in dirt modified racing. And it is, great to have him back yes. in that realm and uh congratulations to steve arpin by the way i saw on facebook that he actually got the vote for the first time ever in the united states for the president right because he got dual citizenship he's from canada lives out in charlotte mooresville area so he got citizenship he was able to vote for the first time so regardless of your political aspirations and opinions you ain't getting into all that the fact is get out there and vote so you have your opinion and uh, pretty cool that he got to do that. So pretty excited yeah, for him there. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll follow this story for every uh, all of you. So stay tuned on that. Uh, some news on Hot Car, Albert. Well, I just saw I saw on Facebook that uh, that Hot Carl might be going. He posted that he's he's ripped on the division in the past, <laughs> but he might be racing a great late model next year. And I forwarded it to you guys and maybe ryan has some more information on that 
<laughs> here we go. Kind of, emo- kind of emotional here. I uh, I have a feeling he might be going to the dark side. We're going to follow this story. But uh, I heard some rumors out of the 28 specials camp. I heard some stuff going on there. And, uh, man, just say it ain't so. You know, it's like say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. You can't go to the dark side, man. I mean, come on. It just – I hope I hope this is fake news. That's all I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, if we get him in there, and if you you said you you heard of someone you heard of someone else that said I get my engine freshened or I go with this crate, so it'd be interesting to see kind of what the numbers are. I know at Cedar Lake, what were they getting? Maybe ten. I mean, it wasn't wasn't anything spectacular, but uh, but but here you go. There's another example. If he does go to a crate lake, right, he'll no longer be in a super. Right. If the guy that was in a Wasoda late doesn't freshen his engine, goes to a crate late, he'll no longer be in a Wasoda late. It's right. not gaining more cars. It's just moving them around from one class to another. So it's not really changing the landscape of racing. It's just making a couple classes weaker and strengthening that class. But that's a story we'll continue to follow because it's hard to say if he's ever really forthright with what's going on, but we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> Well, he got some pointers down. He was down in, uh, well, he's from Texas, but he was, he was racing in Texas a couple of weeks ago. All right, a little bit of news on RTJ, Ryan. Yeah, I just happened to see on Facebook, it was kind of funny. He had a post out there, you know, would you rather race on a rough track or rubber, right? I, I, if you haven't seen this post, go to Ricky Thornton Jr.'s Facebook page and read through it. And I actually put a comment on there because some people actually put on there, I'd rather race on rubber. And then a guy went on there to actually comment. He goes, man, man, I thought rubber was always sticky. I was on a rubber down racetrack. It was so slippery. And RTJ's like, so you mean it was dry slick, <laughs> right? So I'm like, either <laughs> if somebody likes rubber, they either, A, they don't know what rubber is, right? Because that's one lane lockdown. Everybody going the same speed, can't even pass a lap car, just train racing. They, they think when the track gets black that that's rubber. That's not rubber. That's slick, right? Or they start in the front all the time. And if you start on the inside pole, you love rubber because nobody can pass you if you don't get out of it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I saw that on there. I kind of chuckled in RTJs. He just kind of throwing a you know little thing out there going like, man, I, no wonder I win all the time. Half these guys don't even know what the heck they're racing on. So, I mean, it, it just it is what it is. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, hey, there's uh, there's episode 52 in the books. You know, uh, man, I can't believe it's been one year already. I am looking forward to, you know, we got some stuff going on with the power rankings. We got, you know, you got under caution. You know, we're going to have some different things going on. And, you know, I, I hope all the fans, all the racers, all the people watching this have enjoyed the show. I really hope you do. And uh, we're, we're going to make it bigger, better, expand our horizons here rolling into the end here of course of 2020 but we have some 2020 vision for some good things coming in 2021 so with that said uh any last thoughts there puka and bert no like i said i was just gonna say uh, like i said if you have any comments you know improvements things you'd like to see or things like to see more of or like i said things that we are not doing that maybe you'd like to see maybe we could implement uh, the want to go show at gmail.com bert yeah i mean i just uh happy to be here glad yeah i mean like you said it's hard to believe that it's been one year already um you know 
and it's been fun and hopefully here's to another year ahead of us <laughs> cheers let's do it <laughs> well, you know hey i've been signing off the last couple of shows but he's all yours all right all right we'll do it as always get, it. get out there and be your dream you're tuned to the one to go show thanks everyone <laughs>